0: Inside Sources. Inside, Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson. On Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL Radio. Well,
2: earlier today, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen testified before the House Ways and Means Committee on the debt limit.
3: As you know, I've asked Congress to raise or suspend the debt limit. In my assessment, in those of economists across the board, A default on our debt would trigger an economic and financial catastrophe. I urge all members of Congress to come together to address the debt limit without conditions and without waiting until the last minute.
2: Despite the doom and gloom rhetoric, we know our government won't default on its debt. No reason to hit the panic button. Uh, the debt ceiling will either be raised or suspended. She did hint at that. Uh, so, beyond the headlines, let's get beyond just that. What conversations should be happening between Congress and the executive branch on our ballooning debt, taxes, budgeting? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Really pleased to have back on the program Utah Congressman Blake Moore joins us from where are you calling from today? <laughs> We just we just got done with the uh, Ways and Means Committee, so I am calling from Washington okay.
1: D.C. But I'm heading
3: back home soon to get to get, uh, get some more of those good Utah weekends.
2: There we go. We were just testing to make sure you were in at some secure, undisclosed location. Uh, <laughs> we know we know it's been hearing palooza week uh, in Washington D.C. and uh, and actually today, just a few hours ago, you had the opportunity to. Uh, Asked some questions of Secretary Yellen. Uh, give us uh, some sense of that committee hearing, what the focus was, and what your questions specifically were for Secretary Yellen.
3: Absolutely. So the big picture of the hearing is um, the day after the president President Biden's budget's just released, and you know our focus was on the long term deficits, uh, the spending that's that's put forth and proposed in in this new budget, and just the unsustainable path that we're on. And so that, that that's a big consideration for us. I particularly wanted to focus on a couple of more micro issues. We're seeing a very high audit rate of folks that are going through the adoption process. And not just like a small discrepancy, this is a huge discrepancy. And even to the point where she couldn't really deny that. And she was willing to, in a very candid and honest manner, say, yes, Congressman, that this is too high of an audit rate on families that are going through the adoption process and they're taking the adoption tax credit. It's overly punitive, and we need to we need to make sure that you know, we're applying anything related to tax auditing across the board, and that's not you know into so many micro groups. And the other key piece was in the budget. There's a push for corporate and small business tax increases. President, they're they're proposing a significant increase into the corporations and what they have what they pay as far as a rate. And I highlighted two companies in rural Utah that have raise minimum class wages, give them back to their communities with these tax rates, it's helped the economy grow and you know, what, what are we gonna to do to stop that that economic growth? Because that actually brings in good revenue too. So yeah. um, and she admitted that our corporate tax rates had been way too high in our nation and the corporate and the Tax Cut and Jobs Act did the right thing by lowering them. There's a difference on what we should have lowered them to and that's where the debate is right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Fascinating stuff. And I want to I dig into that first one about those audits uh, around those who are taking the ad, adoption tax credit. Because uh, I guarantee you there was nobody thinking about that this morning of, wait a minute, and how is this impacting uh, Utah families in particular? I know the uh, adoption area is one that you've been passionate about and have been so helpful to so many uh, as an issue over the last year or so. Uh, give us some sense of that. Why? Uh, so, one. What, what is that that's being audited, and and why is that so out of proportion?
3: Audit rates across the board are usually well under one percent. One percent. Even in 2011, it was point eight percent. Anytime it's under one percent is a typical rate. Audit rates of the adoption tax credit is sixty nine percent, almost seventy percent. So it's not even. In the realm of consistent here, and yeah. she admitted that more, more than half of them required no addressing whatsoever, so there is a, still a substantial issue that could exist there, but the targeted approach is way is over the line, and it was nice to hear her you know come back and, and say that we, we have to address this and so um, folks that, that go through the adoption process in foster care adoption or you know from infancy, we want to incentivize that and, and that 's a very strong a conservative principle, but it's very bipartisan as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we're just really concerned. And now with the increase that's going to, to the IRS, some of which I agree with, they do need better communication tools, technology, customer service capabilities. We've kept that stuff in the bill, but there's now a concern like, okay, with more focus on audits, is this going to increase? And we do not want to disincentivize people from going through the adoption process. It's too good for our communities.
2: Yeah, uh, that's such an important thing. And uh, again, that was not on my radar when I was thinking. Okay, uh, Representative Moore's got a chance to to ask uh, Secretary Yellen some things. That was not on my list. of That's something I hope he asked today. But that is a great uh, a great line. Uh, help us for just a second, dig in a little bit more on the small businesses, especially as it relates to rural Utah, uh, and and the impact there, and and what the areas of concern are. So there's provisions in the Tax-Cut and Jobs Act that have
3: recently expired, expiring soon, or expiring by 2025. And that's going to be the big work that we do on the Ways and Means Committee. Folks and Democrats and Republicans alike have recognized, as we as Utahns understand, that when you create competitive tax rates, you actually grow your tax revenue. Things like companies staying within the United States and reinvesting in their workforce and creating new opportunities and new investment opportunities actually grows our economy. And so people recognize that. Democrats don't always want to even raise those taxes. They're, they're trying to bump it up from 21% to 28%. We think that will create a significant recession recessionary activity going on. Um, and so we don't want to put small businesses through these provisions. Um, we think there should be good support, w- whether it's one-party rule or divided government. Should be able to come together and say small business is something we can all support. Uh, but, but, I, but I'm worried about it. And it's the inflation stuff too. The small businesses are becoming not profitable mm. because their costs have gone up so much over the last 18 months. Right. And, and the more that continues to happen, and the more we have to continue to raise interest rates, creates an economic slowdown. Well, those are the companies that get hurt the worst, the very first. The bigger companies can withstand this type of um, downturn in the in the economy. But the, the smaller, more nimble companies, they can't weather the storm as well. And that's where we have to be focused on making sure that they're supported through these expiration of the tax cuts. Yeah,
2: such important uh, conversations there, to be sure. Uh, as you went through the rest of that hearing, and obviously questions uh, from your colleagues on both the left and the right, uh, what were some of the, uh, the things that came out? Anything surprised you in the context of this hearing? And uh, what does Secretary Yellen had to share?
3: yeah this will get a little bit wonky as well, but the the pillar Two global minimum tax process you even saw some Democrats outwardly saying like just in general which applies to this is we need to legislate this. This cannot be driven from the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you get somebody from the administration to come to a congressional hearing. You will get bipartisan support talking about, you got to give this authority back to us. You can't just take it. If you try, you tried to do a lot of these things, they were ultimately rejected, and we need to pull it back. More so on trade. Uh-huh. That, that actually plays out a little bit more on trade because you haven't seen a lot of activity from the Biden administration on trade, whereas you did a lot from Trump. President Trump didn't always have the perfect formulas. He kind of takes a blunt instrument and, and goes strong, and then he'll – He'll do some surgical work with those relationships. Ultimately, we were trying to get at our trade deficits, which I supported. But President Biden has left it largely sort of out there and opaque and not sure what we're doing. And that's not good either. So we need, as members of Congress, to actually have more authority on on this. But that global minimum tax is going to disadvantage U.S. companies. And I, my colleagues did a really good job highlighting of how you know, we can't trust China to play fair right. and to be above board and them to pay their p- fair share if this all takes place. So we'll see that play out with the administration because they're they're working on rules to, to make that go through where we don't think that, you know, congressionally that, that would ultimately do it. We definitely would, with the majority, we wouldn't be doing it right now.
2: All right, some great, uh, great insight there from Representative Blake Moore. Again, uh, hearing in the House, Ways and Means today, Secretary Yellen appearing before that. And I love the fact That the congressman focused on some real live Utah issues, Uh, not some grandstanding moment, not some social media moment. He has specific questions. Uh, I love specific questions, and this was relating to the fact that those who take the adoption credit, almost seventy percent of those people get audited by the IRS, Uh, and to have Janet Yellen say, "Yeah, that's a problem. We need to fix that." Talking about small business owners, rural business owners. Uh, and all that they're facing, the increased costs that they're uh, dealing with. Those are crucial conversations. And I love that uh, Representative Moore uh, hit all of those in that hearing today. And so we're going to stay with the conversation. We're going to stay with my conversation with Blake Moore. Uh, We'll talk about the national debt. We'll talk about the president's budget proposal and much more on Inside Sources. Stay with us. More to come.
1: Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
0: Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources.
2: We're staying with the conversation just a little bit longer with Utah Representative Blake Moore. A lot of tension, of course, has been put on the debt ceiling fight and how that is all going to roll forward or come crashing down. We know that the United States has always paid its bills, and it always will. Uh, But our national debt is over $31 trillion. So the question now is, how are we going to change the game? How do we change the dynamic so we do something different than we've been doing for the last several decades? Uh, I asked Congressman Blake Moore, again representing Utah's first congressional district, if he heard anything from Secretary Janet Yellen today that made him think any differently uh, about what's coming as it relates uh, to the debt, the deficit, and the debt ceiling. So
3: I have her testimony and her testimony said, we need to raise the debt ceiling without conditions. And I don't think she ultimately believes that like, it, it, she has been, she has so much expertise in this world. She was the chair of the fed. I am confident she doesn't fully believe that. I think that's a political statement mm-hmm. um, because you will not get a debt ceiling increase without any conditions associated with it. That's called being doing a responsible debt ceiling increase. And over time, and actually I was driving around, I had on your show one time and I heard you talking about this and it was it was sensational. You talked sincerely about, you know, we have to pay our debts and you'll you're seeing a recognition of that within our conference. So the Republican conference, whatever people want to say about it out there in the press, and da da da, da are they ready to govern? That first week was a mess. I agree with you. That first week was a mess, but at least we're not doing it behind closed doors. We're actually outwardly showing there is Lots of discussion, and we ultimately came to it. And um, and there's going to be a lot of that going forward. We need to come up with the things that we could do and leverage with this responsible debt ceiling increase to make sure that we're not going to just get the same old, same old. And it's got to be specific spending cuts. There's got to be a cultural shift, and you can do cultural shifts with things like making sure there's work requirements to some of these these government benefits like Medicaid expansion and making sure that individuals you know, that are able-bodied, and, and not necessarily a single parent situation like there is is good cultural change that even the President Clintons of the world were supportive of. Mm-hmm. And so can we change that and, and um, also set up a proper structure for the budgeting process that we do right, right now? It's, it's very broken. Yeah. And if we had things like Simpson Bowles or a commission that could actually force Congress's hand, be like, this is just what you have to do. Um, you, you have to do it. We're going to force this to happen. Both sides have to agree that this level of debt is unsustainable and we have to make changes. So we're going to use the debt ceiling to get as much as we possibly could. Candidly, it would be a lot easier and better if we would have won the Senate back in last November. That's for another interview. But we need to make sure that Republicans are, are, are aspirational, thinking about the big picture and how to win people's hearts and minds, that we can we can go and, and do that. We're going to leverage our majorities to get something good here. I hope President Biden will will. We'll negotiate in good faith with all leader Chuck Schumer, and that's yet to be seen. But I think there's there's good momentum at least from our end.
2: Yeah, and talk about some of that uh, that work process uh, because I do think it's a matter of the sides really figuring out. Okay, this this is what we for. I thought it was interesting yesterday. Uh, the president, you know, started I think on the right foot, saying, "Hey, here's here's mine. Let's get yours. Let's actually have a conversation." And then everything unraveled from there, and it went to a purely political, a lot of pejorative MAGA-Republican statements. I think that was the word cloud of the day yesterday. Um, oh, and uh, and a lot of things that I think were, were not uh, in good faith or not as a real honest broker uh, in terms of how you would have that kind of negotiation. I know you're on a number of really crucial – uh, almost micro task forces uh, that are looking at a lot of these things. Tell us about some of the work you're doing there and how we might see that play out as all of this marches forward.
3: You know, everybody, everybody back here has a staff and you have a chief of staff and you have a comms director and a legislative team and a district outreach work and all that. I told my comms director, when she asked me about Biden's budget, I said, I don't want to be the first to put out a statement on it. We just got it. We don't need to just blast it. That means you've had that prepared, Whatever the whatever the data was, you're just going to say what you're going to say. And I just don't operate that way. So I said I'm spending the weekend to dive into this. I'm taking I've got it here to take on the plane with me later, and I want to be substantive when I make these criticisms. I am critical of this just on the top line numbers. 2022's actual discretionary budget was 1.4 trillion. 2023 was 1.65, and we're now looking at it was at 1.60. Now it's at 1.69. So it is constant moving up not even tied to inflation there's there's problems here and that's just the discretionary side so there's significant problems with this it's not putting us in the right direction and conversations or suggestions that president biden is doing what what he's doing with this is actually reducing deficits that that's not accurate um, and but I'll dig into it more because I just don't like to be a soundbite yeah i'm on small task forces with leader with speaker mccarthy to 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 figure out with all with across our conference, with, with individuals from all over the country, with individuals from different ideological perspectives, um, about what we can do, what are the things that we can do to have that win with the debt ceiling increase. Um, and that's going to continue to play out. But like those are the things I mentioned, the cuts, the cultural change, and some commission opportunities, and we're nailing it Ways and Means Committee, Budget Committee, the two the two primary committees that I'm on are hugely important. I'm working across the aisle. So I can communicate to Democrats you know, what, what these conversations are looking like. And we get to the summer, and we have two options. We can get the debt ceiling increase in a responsible way, making changes so we have a, a shot in the future to, to get some of this under control. Or we suspend it through the budgeting season to the end of September and address it then. So those those are kind of two things that are that are going on there. I hope for the former, and I just want to get this addressed in the summer when it's when it comes to.
2: Yeah, and so important, and uh, I love the fact that you're taking the approach that this is not. It's not just about cutting big government; it's also about fixing broken government and some of those cultural components uh, that you talked about. And I think that's so vital that we have that kind of conversation. And again, it is going to take some uh, across the. A political divide there to, to come to some of those things that do make sense. And, and those that are saying, hey, we've, we've got to be responsible for the little guy uh, watching out for them. Well, then any program that touches the little guy, uh, make sure there's no waste, fraud or abuse. Make sure it's actually producing the results and the outcomes uh, that actually creates that upward mobility and and opportunity.
3: You're starting to sound too reasonable, Floyd. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you
2: don't,
3: you're still in, you're still covering politics, so try not to sound too reasonable.
2: <laughs> I think we can get there. I'm convinced we can actually get there. And I I think with what you're working on and and the way you're going about it, I I think there's I'm saying there's a chance is what I'm saying today.
3: <laughs> Where our country was not founded to set up set us up for failure. We're, we weren't founded that way. That's the hope that keeps me going. You know, I was able to talk to Desert News, and I actually said I was, I believe it was amped and excited. (laughs) Um, Not many people get amped about budgeting and uh, debt, but I am really excited to be working on these things that I am. They're so important. They're the future of my boys. I got four boys under 10, and that's their future. So
2: Yeah crucial conversations and we've got to have them. And uh, as you said, we've got to have them out in the open, uh, some transparency for all the country to see. And uh, I know it's been a big week for you back there. Safe travels back. We'll save some good air and snow for you here in the state of Utah. And uh, good luck reading that uh, 182 page budget uh, on your flight home. (laughs) Thank you, sir. All right. That's Representative Blake Moore, of course, from uh, Utah's first congressional district. Some very important hearings happening in Washington, D.C. this week and some important perspective, I think, in terms of how we have these conversations around what we spend in this country. What we spend it on matters. And I want to bring it full circle. I agree with the president. What we spend on tells us what we value. And so let's have that conversation in the open, not the politics, not the hammering each other uh, over the top of the head for some sentence in some book or some proposal somewhere. Let's get to the actual policy discussion. Let's have that debate. I can get amped uh, like Representative Blake Moore in having that discussion with the American people. All right. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, our own Amanda Dixon is going to join me talking about what she's been learning in the classroom as a substitute teacher. Stay with us.